Yeah, so it turns out it's really hard to watch 13 hours of TV while you're unpacking and have no internet. And have company. And have company. <laughs> so, little surprise. Dun, 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 dun. We watched Ant-Man. Yeah. Instead of Daredevil. Uh, apologies to anybody who is watching ahead. Uh, if you have to pause the podcast and watch the movie and listen to the podcast some other time, uh, we understand. But also, I'm sure everyone else also didn't get 13 hours of TV watched in one week. I'm thinking that's probably accurate. I could have done it. You're welcome. <laughs> but in other news, Ant-Man, yay! <laughs> I, you know, not as yay uh, if you're analyzing it. Well, on that note, I'm Jay. I'm Stacy. And this is Marble Movie Night. This week for Marvel Movie Night, we watched Ant-Man. Yeah, why did you do that, silly man? 2015 movie mm -hmm. from Marvel Studios, PG-13. Yes, uh, written by Edgar White, Wright, with a W, and directed by Peyton Reed. No W. No W. And starring... <sighs> it's List, Paul Rudd, and Michael Douglas, you know. Um, Corey Stoll, uh, the bad guy, bald okay. dude, from House of Cards. Oh, yeah. Evangeline Lilly, which I think most people know, but she's from Lost, if you don't. Uh, and I'm going to butcher his name, Bobby Cannavale, uh, who played, um, the last thing I saw him in was he played Joe DiMaggio in that Marilyn Monroe Almost psychedelic movie. And I'm remembering why you took over the starring part. Oh, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> Anthony Mackie, who is, uh, he plays the bird-named superhero who's not a hawk or a raven. <laughs> What's his damn name? Eagle Boy. What's his name? Help me. Oh, Falcon. Falcon. There we go. Um, Judy Greer, who... Every single time we see her face, you say, where do I know her from? Um, and I just grabbed a couple. She is from 13, going on 30, and Jurassic World. But I want you to know that you have seen her 153 times. And probably 153 times you said, where do I know her from? <laughs> Only 152. No, but she's... Um, but she's always funny and sarcastic and, yeah. and you know, kind of take charge. But also the sidekick. But she's the sidekick with a um, main character vibe. Um, Michael Pena, A Wrinkle in Time, and The Martian. And, and I'm absolutely going to butcher his name. David Dostmolikin? Molishin? D-A-S-T-M-A-L-C-H-I-A-N. He's from Kansas. Okay. 
Um, you saw him in Dark Knight. He was one of um, the Joker's henchmen. Uh, he's one of those people that um, he's got such a unique look that he stands out. T.I. I don't know if you know who he's a rapper. Oh, yeah. He's one of those rappers who was popular. He rhymed. Um, and then he started acting and everybody was like, oh, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, Haley Atwell, which um, caught me off guard because I wasn't, I mean, I just wasn't tracking the weird timeline here. Old Haley Atwell uh, as Agent Carter. Garrett Morris, and you you probably didn't notice him. He was a black dude in the car that Ant-Man fell on. He didn't have a single line, but I'm like, oh, hey. That guy is funny AF. Um, you probably know him from Two Broke Girls, but I know him from reruns of Saturday Night Live. He was in like a hundred episodes um, between 1975 and 1980, back when Saturday Night Live was funny. <laughs> Martin Donovan, who played Carson, he was in Big Little Lies. And then John Slattery, who played Howard Stark, and uh, he's from Mad Men. Okay. I told you it was a list. It was a list. Um, even the even these smaller parts in this movie have recognizable faces. Yeah. And I don't I don't know why they put Garrett Morris just there with no line. They must have had lines uh, for him that I, they cut out. Possibly. Also, I think we're getting to the point of the MCU. Where people are like, let me in. Let me in a Marvel movie. Yeah, I don't even need lines. He Just didn't even. He didn't screen. have lines. But if you go on his IMDb, it's one of the things. Like IMDb's changed its thing, so now it it shows you what people are known for, and then the rest of their stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, and he's it, it's listed as known for <laughs> in a thing he didn't have lines in. <laughs> But he has such an expressive face, and and it it stood out to me, and I adore him. He's funny. Well, how much would you have paid to make this movie? Oh, five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> no, then. This, how how this, much did the studio pay to make this? Well, movie? they paid more than that. Um, I'm gonna say there were lots of computer effects and whatever, and. But it's a lesser known character. They probably didn't dump a ton of money into it. I'm gonna say 150 million. Pretty close, 130. That's not pretty close. That's only 20 million. 20 million, <laughs> sir. We need to have a conversation. Uh, opening weekend, it pulled in 57 million. Ouch. That's not bad. It grossed 180 domestic and 519 worldwide. Well, I mean, that's good, but still, ouch. Spent two weeks at number one, uh, 25 weeks in theaters. It unseated Minions. Well, that's impressive. Uh, How many weeks was Minions in the theater, though, when it unseated it? I, I did not write Like that 20, down. probably. <laughs> also playing at the time Inside Out, Jurassic World. Oh, well. Uh, Magic Mike Double XL. Ew. Completely different audience. Ew. <laughs> Ew. 
You know, Rose and I tried to watch the first Magic Mike because everybody was talking about it. And they're like, ooh, sexy dudes, mostly naked, dancing. And we're like, okay. It was so bad. We didn't even get to the first dance member. <laughs> I mean, number. Wow. Freudian slip. We didn't even get to the first dance number because the acting was terrible. The script was ter- Everything was terrible. Terrible. Just someone needs to tell women there are porno movies. <laughs> uh, also, it was Pixels uh, and Vacation. A lot of cartoon movies. Yeah, Vacation. It's it's the summer. It's July. Um, oh, Vacation. Yeah. That was a funny movie. It was good. And uh, this was finally unseated uh, a couple weeks later by Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Mission Impossible 93. Yeah. Um, yeah, so before we take hot takes, uh-huh. I want to talk about the ant in the room. <laughs> yes. So the star of this movie, or, or the main character, the Ant-Man, in, the, the titular Ant-Man, if you will, is Scott Lang. Scott Lang didn't show up in the comics until 79. Okay. Ant-Man has been around since 62. Okay. So this isn't Ant... Excuse me. This is... This this isn't Ant-Man. This is Ant-Man 2.0. Yes. Get over it. Quit confusing things. Okay. You got to calm down. Okay. Um, But Henry Pym uh, is the Ant-Man I know. Uh, he's had a lot of uh, code names over the years to include Goliath. Um, actually, Hawkeye gets a hold of some of his technology and becomes Goliath for a while. Yeah. You don't care. I can see it on your face already. Well, it's comic book stuff. I, mm. I love the comic book. Well, yeah, but the comic book stuff you you keep. I get it. I'm not really complaining. It's just that you heap 10 million pieces of information on me. And argue with me about how things are supposed to go when all I'm seeing is the movie and you're making me misremember stuff. Fair enough. If you want to argue comic book stuff, argue it after we do the podcast (laughs) so that I don't misremember. Just know that I I haven't met Scott in the comics. Uh, I'm still about uh, nine years from his debut. Okay. So what you're saying is you're not an expert this time. Not on Scott Lang, no. I like how you qualified that. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway. Anyway, how did you like the movie? I mean, I liked the movie the first time I watched it um, because I didn't think about it too hard, apparently. I wasn't. I just let the movie happen, and I didn't think about the science. I must have been in a good mood or something. I, I mean, it's an enjoyable movie. It's just that you cannot at all whatsoever think about it. The science doesn't There is no science no. in this movie. No. They say there is. Yeah. But it's a fucking lie. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever stood on your dad's record player or not, but it doesn't keep spinning. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. I What I do remember is that... Uh, back in 2015, when you saw this for the first time, this was the first Marvel movie I remember you liking. Sure. 
Probably. I remember using... The first one I watched. No, not the first one you No, watched. no, no. First one I looked at. Perhaps. Uh-huh. Uh, I remember using Ant-Man for years being like, it's going to be good like Ant-Man. No, see, I I liked Edward Norton's Hulk, yeah. remember? Well, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. That's because nobody was making me watch it. <laughs> I um, I think this is an okay movie. I like the uh, the character of Scott. I think yeah. he's funny in all the right ways. Well, my problems with the movie are not Paul Rudd, Michael yeah. Douglas. Uh, it's not um, it's not the script. It's not the production value. It's not the costumes. It's um. It's the fact that they don't give us enough background on this on Paul Rudd's character, uh, Scott. Matter yeah. of fact, I didn't even know his name until well into the movie <laughs> because his name on his name tag was Jack. See, I had to scratch it out because that's not his damn name. I don't know why. We'll talk about that in a second. But um, what I know from the movie of his background is that he was an office guy. Next thing you know, he's doing parkour. He's an IT expert and can break into the most secure security system known to man. And he has intimate knowledge of safes and science. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> so they did um, they did some special features that I know are on Disney Plus. Well, we should have uh, watched them. Where they show the heist. Uh-huh. And they've got an interview with him uh, after his arrest and, and some news reports. And like they can fill that world in a little bit for you. Maybe we'll watch yeah. after the podcast. Well, we need to because um, because you can't just drop a guy in and say he was an office worker yeah. who just wanted to get back at the bad guys. And then all of a sudden he's like, he's already, he doesn't need the stupid suit and shrinking. He's already a, some kind of Spider-Man dude. Yeah. He Spider-Maned up that wall. He's a, he's a cat burglar. Yeah, but he wasn't. You don't just become a cat burglar. Unless he has ADHD and, and, and spent six months researching everything he could possibly need to know to be able to take that rich guy down. I don't need to practice climbing walls. When I need to climb a wall, I'll be able to. Listen, Laurel's logic does not work here. (laughs) All right, so shall we dive in? Sure. (laughs) Sure. Right off the bat, we we get the Marvel opener, right? And then my my first question is, I'm not complaining. It just seemed out of place. Why was there Mexican music playing over the Marvel opener? The main character in this movie is not Hispanic. No, he's not. And there's no, like, Hispanic theme. It's, it's set in Southern California. Los Angeles? Yeah. But, I mean, that's the one place we've never lived. I don't know. They, what What's the connection there? But I'm going to rewind you, because before the Marvel opener... Well, yeah. We get the 1989. Did you see how well they de-aged Michael Douglas? That was really good. I feel like they took his face from younger movies 
and and superimposed it because yeah. he looked exactly the way he did in uh, Romancing the Stone. They did a much better job de-aging him than aging Peggy Carter because I didn't even recognize Well, because, but, well, I did. Her makeup was fine. The difference is he was a computer and she was makeup. Uh-huh. I don't think that they put any computer-generated anything on her. I think she was practical. Uh, I recognized her because I, I just wasn't sure of myself because it, it seemed out of place and didn't make any sense. Is there a point where she's not in Shield or, or she's not in Shield? I don't know. That was Shield. There was a Shield sign in the background. Okay, so, so, so she goes from the uh, misogynistic SSR SSR to probably misogynistic Shield. Yeah, helping to found Shield. Absolutely. Okay. But it just took me a second to recognize her because out of context and with uh, practically a different face, it, you know, as soon as she talked, though, you could tell it was her. And in 89, uh, Fury would have been a, a young agent out on the out on the beat. And she should be like 60. Yeah. Yeah. My mom at 60 didn't look that old. They, they laid it on a little thick, I think. Yeah. Although she's had a much harder life than my mom has, so <laughs> maybe that works. Your mom has not, to my knowledge, killed any Nazis. No. No, absolutely not. The point of this scene is that uh, Howard Stark was trying to replicate the... Howard Stark is starting the tradition of stealing other people's intellectual property. Continuing the editing tradition? Yes. Yeah. That's fair enough. It's not, he didn't invent that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Howard's trying to steal the tech or to regen, recreate the technology Can that allows the shrinking. You imagine the insanity that would ensue if the Starks got a hold of this. Oh, yeah. I mean, you saw what happened when Tony got a hold of AI. Yeah. The Starks really are bad guys. Kind of, yeah. They've got really good intentions. I The road to hell. And then the uh, the dickwad uh, in the room. Don't do that to me. <laughs> uh, who, surprise, surprise, ends up being Hydra all along. Well, um, he wasn't Hydra. He had Hydra agents. No, he was Hydra. Was he? It makes sense that he was Hydra. Sure. As part of S.H.I.E.L.D. all the way back. Okay. Um, but he ends up mentioning um, Hank's missing slash dead wife and gets socked in the face for it. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't. I that, that really wasn't needed, all that. It. It's a, it's a nice of all of the background they needed to add to the movie. That wasn't mm-hmm. one of the, that was a quick sentence. Or okay. a, oh, nice to see you again, asshole. How is your face? Yeah. Last time I saw you, I was busting it. But it it was what it does is it puts the movie in the larger picture right off the bat. Right? Sure, yeah. Because everybody knows Howard at this point. Most people know Peggy at this point. Um, and it, no, not most people. And it establishes Hank uh, Pym as a player from back in the day. Sure. Okay. 
Yeah, not important to me any. Uh, then we get the Marvel opener. Uh, and then we cut to Scott Lang in a prison fight. Because. Irony of ironies. The guy punching him in the face is peachy. Peachy. I, you never hear peachy in a non-sarcastic way, do you? And this is peachy's goodbye ritual. You have to. He's, you're, you're, you're getting beat out. Of prison? Like, like it's a game. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't have to wait around to get my ass beat. The guards will let me out whether you hit me or not. <laughs> but it's a friendship ritual. I see, yeah. I mean, you have a penis. I know. I saw penis all of havers, my friends in the nose every time I meet them. Penis havers have stupid things they do. Sometimes. All the, to- all the time. I don't hit my friends for fun. Um, I don't know, Jay. Uh, you've you've never hit goofing around. You've never choked out a boss in a gravel pit. That wasn't my choice. You've never wrestled with your friends. You never you've never play fought with your friends ever. Okay. You liar, lie. I'm a grown man now. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you were a grown man last time. You were wrestling other soldiers for funsies. I don't know whose fun that was, but anyway. So Scott's getting out of prison, and his former cellmate, uh, Louis. Louis? Uh, they said his name like twice in the entire yeah. movie. Um, picks him up uh, and uh, immediately starts getting him ready for uh, to pull off another job. And he's like, yeah. Get out of jail, aren't you supposed to not associate with other criminals? So that depends on your uh, parole. Yeah. And I don't know that. I, Scott... I I thought that I thought that everybody's parole was don't hang out with other criminals. Not everybody who comes out of jail comes out of jail and goes on parole. Some people do their whole sentence and then they're just done. They're done. So you're assuming he's done. It's and nobody mentioned parole in the entire movie. So well, yeah. it's not like they were real big on telling story here in this yeah. movie. Uh, it's fair enough because this is like the shortest set of notes I've ever had. Mm. Uh, not the shortest set of notes I've ever had because I started writing down what was happening and I wouldn't have any notes otherwise. But um, Lewis wants to, uh, or Luis wants to get him uh, spun up on a job. And Scott's like, no, 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 I'm going straight. I did the one thing. I paid my time. Uh, I'm going to be I'm gonna be a good guy. I'm going to do the right thing for my daughter. Uh, and I've got a master's in electrical engineering, so I'll, I'll land on my feet. It'll be okay. Nope. No. He lands in Baskin-Robbins. Absolutely. Everybody laughed at that in the theater when he said that. It yeah. didn't happen um, and he landed in Baskin Robbins because he lied about being a convict. I think he lied about. Uh, you mean a convict? That's what I said. That's not what I heard. Uh, I think he lied about his everything, his name and everything, because the name tag says Jack. So I thought his name was Jack. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how Baskin and Robbins found out, but apparently. Baskin and Robbins always finds out. Apparently, Baskin and Robbins don't play. 
apparently. This is what I've learned. <laughs> now I want to go try and get a job at Baskin-Robbins. No, you do not. <laughs> you are not cut out for a service job. I so not. Because let somebody come into Baskin-Robbins and ask me for a, a hamburger. You would be a lot less polite than Paul Rudd was in, in, in that scenario. You you are not equipped. for. I mean, I know you've dealt with a bunch of soldiers, but you are not equipped for the level of stupid that is customers. I once had somebody order a plain taco um, from me. What does plain taco mean to you? For me, like meat, cheese, lettuce. taco. Maybe the lettuce, maybe not. You can go either way. With but that. like... Plain taco. Meat and cheese. It's the basic thing that when you you push the taco button, that's what you get. Taco, no extras. Yeah. Because there's a Supreme that has the sour cream on it, and that's all Supreme really means. This motherfucker tried to get me fired because I couldn't interpret that plain taco meant a taco shell with only meat. And how the fuck hard was it for him to say, I would like a taco, but only meat? Or no cheese. Well, but no cheese, no lettuce, no tomato. Fair enough. How hard? Yeah. Not hard. Why are you assuming that I know what you mean? Here, buddy, let me get that out for you. That is the mildest, <laughs> mildest customer issue I had in like less than a year that I worked at Taco Bell. Don't get me started on the rest of it. And, and I'm telling you right now, it, although I would pay to watch you. Have to deal with customers just for one day. One day. But it has to be at like McDonald's or something. Yeah, somewhere where people expect that they can treat you like shit. Yeah. 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 Because people that are going to uh, Baskin and Robbins are like happy. Yeah. They're like, I'm getting a treat today. This is special. It's a different vibe. Sure. McDonald's people are like hurried. They're whiny and complaining. Their kids are yanking on them, wanting nuggies. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I, mm hmm. Definitely. So Scott's boss calls him in the back, um, and at the same time he congratulates him on a heist well done, he fires him. Yeah. I mean, because he clearly he lied one way or the other. Either he lied about his entire identity or he lied about going to jail. Yeah. Which is uh, perfectly valid reason to fire somebody. But, but, although I feel like you could just have some compassion – because it's just Baskin and Robbins, dude. Yeah. Just refill out the thing. Pretend like you just hired him and do it again. But we find out what uh, Scott was in jail for. He, he For a, a damn good reason, he's still an idiot. He straight up Robin Hood, a millionaire asshole, who uh, fired him for whistleblowing. Which is illegal. I don't understand why... Um, With, with with whistleblower status, he can't be penalized. He probably could have sued for wrongful termination mm -hmm. and gotten his job back. However, he reacted differently. He did indeed. I mean, I don't blame him. That's probably how I would have reacted if I had those skills. But I probably um, would have thought the whole thing through first and not told, but I probably would have just stolen the money. And given it back, and then nobody would have known it was me, and then I wouldn't have gotten in trouble. Yeah. But that's because I like to think first before I do things. Yeah. So then we cut to Hank Pym, 
going into the lab for the first time in years. Yeah, why? Why did he do that? Apparently Cross summoned him. Yeah, but he's under no obligation. Well, I mean, it's still his name on the on the building. So what? He cares. Does he? I think so. I I feel like I feel like his daughter has already told him what's up. There, yes, there's also that because his daughter's in on trying to figure out what Cross is doing and stop him. Yeah, so the, what the part that confused me. Because it feels like there's definitely uh, knowledge beforehand, but what confused me was when he said what they were doing, she looked shocked. Yeah. Should I mean, shouldn't she have known? Yeah, because she was begging for the suit the whole time. Like. Yeah, she should have. It, it should. It should have been like, oh, that's what he's doing. Not. Oh my god. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was. It was weird. Yeah, they were trying to keep the secret of her. Being a double agent from us for a little while. That was, which was dumb. Weird. Yeah, it, it didn't make any damn sense. Um, I did like that Hank Pym isn't carrying around ID. He points to his picture on the wall yeah. as identification. So we find out that Cross has discovered the Pym particles. Um, he outs Hank as Ant-Man. He mentions Tales to Astonish, which is really good because that's the first appearance of Ant-Man is in a comic called Tales to Astonish. Yeah. Um, and then he has developed Yellow Jacket. The video is completely scary. I mean, he went right. See, it makes sense now that you know that there are people in there that are from um, Hydra. Yeah. Because the scenarios you were coming up with was that's a video to show the Senate to say this is why we shouldn't allow him to do this. Yeah. And he was like bragging about this is all the thing all the things that we could do. And I'm like okay, there are red flags and red alerts going off everywhere here with this video. I mean what that video says is somebody's gonna have this power you might as well be us. Yeah. Um but not even just us. He's not even loyal to like America. It's whoever's gonna give him the most money. money. Big shock there, right? But like assassinations and and blowing things like terrorist uh, scenarios where the person wearing the suits the terrorist yeah um and that's scary because like you could pop onto a plane without anybody knowing um you could have a miniaturized airplane in your fucking pocket and then miniaturize yourself Get on the plane, plant the bomb, pop into your uh, airplane, and yeah, <sighs> yikes! Yeah, there's a lot of this. This technology like, is very dangerous. Yeah, the the really the scenarios are endless. You could get anywhere, do anything. You could shrink literally anything. Yeah, I'm just thinking, um, Carmen San Diego, right? You know how they. They would have like scenarios where they like stole the Eiffel Tower, but that's like literally possible if if they hadn't fucked up the science. Yeah, because all they had to do was whatever these PIM particles are, they could have lessened the weight, say. Yeah, don't tell me you're reducing the distance between atoms. And that's the literally the only explanation. Yeah. Which and there's only so much space between atoms, 
So, and once you get there, you it's just you're just an incredibly dense yeah thing. Well, they say it weighs exactly the same. The problem with the air quote science is that they say this so that they can explain why he's able to hit really hard when he gets big again. Yes. That but not when he gets big again. Why he hits with the same force? See, he's not he's any. Yeah, yeah, he's here, and that here's the key too. He's not become super. No. Or extra strong. He's just, it's basically, he's invisible. Yeah. That's it. Um, because he, if he was some nerdy wimp, he would not be as effective. They had to get a guy who was agile, clever. Yeah. And strong. Absolutely. So, so he's only hitting with regular force. It just seems worse because he's tiny. Yeah. And if the it's unexpected, point, yeah, and the point of impact is smaller, so that much force in a smaller point hits you like a bullet instead of like a hammer. Sure, but it's it's still just the same amount of force. Yeah, just in a small space. Um, um, so when, yeah, we're not there yet, but yeah. So two things to note: number one, uh, Hank Pym is the guy who invented Ultron in the six one six. He's He's on par with Tony Stark for intelligence. Sure. Okay. I don't really think Tony Stark is all that intelligent. No. Yellow Jacket. His dad either, honestly. Yeah. I mean, they're not particularly intelligent. See, that's the thing, though. Which is, which is more important, common sense or inventiveness? Because inventiveness is not necessarily intelligence. Uh, because... Common sense says if if your if your special vest overheats people and explodes them, then you destroy it so that nobody else has it. Most of the really smart people in Marvel don't have a whole lot of common sense. Well, and but and that may be because in real life, most people that are that that are like Einstein levels of intelligence are that level of intelligent because they're neurodivergent and are lacking common sense say um but these guys these guys are unrealistic in that they are socially adept right no and inventive i'm not going to call them intelligent or genius because what they are is inventive um because there's a serious lack of common sense and decorum and and therefore, I do not like them. <laughs> well, I, one more thing before we move on. I, mm-hmm. I've got to call out Yellow Jacket. Uh, it's weird that they chose this character's uh, name. Why? Well, Yellow Jackets are, um, they're, they're the useless bees of the insect world. Sure. They're stabby stabby and don't produce anything. And they're scary as fuck. Those are the things that uh, you had to pull off of the house, remember? Yeah. So in the comics, uh-huh. mid-60s, mid to late, sure. Yellow Jacket shows up. Okay. And he walks into the Avengers Mansion, and he says, Hank Pym is no more. Okay. Uh, then he kidnaps the Wasp, Janet Van Dyne. Okay. And takes her away. And he tells her that if she doesn't marry him, he's going to basically destroy the world. Oh, no. 
So she marries him. What? Oh, God, the 60s. Yes. And Why after, didn't she stab him in the fucking eye? I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the boy heroes are all like, oh, no, what are we going to do? Oh, Jesus Christ. Right? After, after the I do's, Yellow Jacket takes off his mask and says, ha, 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 it was me, Hank Pym, the whole time. What? Yeah. Why? And Janet says something to the effect of, uh, well, I guess I'm married to you anyway. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Aren't they, but they're like married consensually though. Yeah, kind of. What? Yeah, they were boyfriend and girlfriend at the time. And so she marries the guy that she thinks killed her boyfriend. Shouldn't that be a red flag to him? (laughs) Why do you... Yeah. What kind of bimbo-minded bullcrap is that? She she is a very rich, very... um, Fucking bimbo? Fashion forward, not the brightest. Now you're you're treading on being nice there. They, They did not do that character well until much, much later. My That is disgusting. Yes. So what the fuck? Yellow jacket. These are books that little boys no wonder. Yeah. No wonder men are fucked up. These are books that were for kids. Hank does Yellow Jacket for a while. He goes back to he's So is Yellow Jacket Yellow Jacket actually anybody yeah, other than Hank? Yeah. Hank does, and then later on, Hank, I said. later on, the the character, the the name gets adopted by a couple other characters. One of them being a, a female. Um, and Yellow Jacket has been in and out of the comics for That's decades. Creeptastic. But its first appearance is well. So the only Hank. people that would know that are dirty nerds and people that are probably either dead by now. <laughs> uh or wouldn't remember that particular well, scenario because it wouldn't it wouldn't have stood out to someone like my dad. Stan knew this. Well, Stan's a fucking freak. <laughs> and he's of my dad's generation, I think. Yeah, yeah they're about the, they they would be about the same age. Um where that's perfectly fine. I think a lot of times we look at what happened in the 60s and we're like, mm, nah. Well, it, do you remember I Dream of Jeannie? I know you've only seen uh, reruns, obviously, yeah. but she was his slave. Yeah. She couldn't leave him. She called him master. Yeah. And that was on national television. Um, in a time when they weren't even allowed to show her belly button. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. We, we got a loaded history going on here. We do. So, uh, I guess we'll bring it back. Um, yeah. So the yellow jacket technology is going to be hidden assassins and crosses, which is a, exactly what you expect from yeah. men and exactly why Hank Pym wanted to hide the technology. Yeah. Well, he should have destroyed. See, and there's a thing. Here it is. He didn't want anybody to get it, so he put it at the bottom of the stack. No, <laughs> idiot. Burn the suit. Take the f- fucking notes and put them in your safe. 
Like, what the fuck are you doing? So his daughter, Hope, wants the suit. She's going to fix this problem. If he had just given her the fucking suit in the first place, this would have been done before he even got to success. And Hank says, no, I'm not giving you the suit. I've got somebody else we're going to let wear it. Yeah, well, and you knew, I knew immediately, he's picking somebody who's expendable, that he doesn't have a connection to, and it doesn't matter. And who will be um, amenable to this sort of revenge plot. Yeah. So we jump to Scott. He's showing up at his daughter's birthday party. And future stepdad is... A fucking cocksucker. I believe the word is asshat. It just... I don't know why I get so territorial, but that's my daughter. Yeah. You don't tell her what to do. You're you're just the boyfriend. And I, I immediately got territorial, but I, I'm a very ter- territorial person, apparently. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know these characters yet. I'm like, punch him in the face. What was that bunny he gave his kid that she was totally into? Okay, so um, here's the story I told myself. Remember our daughters at that age, our children? They were, both of them, um, uh, assigned feelings and and lives to their stuffed animals and they would pick out the ugly things that nobody wanted. As a matter of fact, I had a doll. I had two different dolls, two different times, that were hideously ugly that nobody wanted. And I took so that they would be loved by me. I have a, uh, I have a dummy who is a, a black dude with short curly hair that my grandmother's, uh, my step-grandmother's uh, biological granddaughter refused because it was black. And she's like, oh, well, Stacy will want it. So she gave it to me, and I love him. I loved him so much that I got another version of him after the house burnt down. He, you know, um... And I had another little baby doll that had her hair had gotten ripped out and she really was ugly, but I loved her, you know, and, and the story I tell myself is they've got a thing between the two of them where she loves unlovable, unlovable things. Cause she's a cute little adorable baby. Cause she goes, Oh, he's so ugly. I love him. Okay. You know, and it's just like girls have this, this extra compassion gene that boys not only don't have, but don't seem to be able to understand. Um, and, and, you know, that's all. That's it. That's, that's the whole thing. I'd be surprised if it wasn't something like that, but I feel like there's more background to these characters that we're not getting here. Um, Scott and the, and the cop, uh, what was the character's first name? You wrote it down. Oh, um. No, I didn't. Oh, okay. The actor's name is Bubby. Scott and the the cop bicker back and forth a little bit, and then Mom shows up. Um, She was so surprised that she choked on her drink, which is funny. Yeah. Um, And Mom basically tells Scott, you know, get a job, get an apartment. Be be stable, pay your child support, and then we'll talk about visitation. Yeah, here's the deal. Uh, when it comes to things like visitation, though, mom is not the one in charge of that. Fair. Because um, if they have 
if there's a child support established, then the court is in charge of deciding who gets to see the kid when. Yeah. So she doesn't she doesn't get to pick. Um, now, if they had a personally arranged situation, then that might be different. But at no point do you have final authority without a judge to say you have to give me money and then see your kid. So it's not no visitation without taxation. Exactly. You you absolutely cannot do that. Um, dad has rights. Dad could take her to court. Dad will be expected to get a job and pay child support, but also it's not hers to control. That's all I'm saying. And in guys who want to be fathers, absolutely should not be kept away from their kids. Period. Also, guys who care that much about being a father will give you money when they can. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like he's a bad guy. It would be different. Yeah. He was a bad guy and a criminal. He did his criminal thing was a good guy thing to do. It was just no, it was like, one. Yeah. It doesn't appear that there was a pattern of criminal behavior. Yeah. So I don't understand why she's acting like that. That's not how I would react to that. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Um there's more story to it and I wish we had it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so Cross uh, shrink murders the uh, the one good guy in the room. Uh, he does it in the bathroom. Yeah, he does it in the bathroom. The guy that had questions about the yeah, that was oh so grody. He turns him into a snot ball, and I got a little bit gaggy at it. Yeah, he's just like wiping him up with a fucking paper towel, and so gross. And then flushes him down the toilet. Ew. Except he didn't wipe them up completely. There was a little schmear. No, there's abs- CSI is all over that schmear, <laughs> even though they will be confused as fuck. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> so much disgusting. Um, then we come back to Scott. He's he's done the math, and uh, it'll be over a year before he can pay off everything to include his child support. Yeah. So there there must be some established child support. Um, so he tells the cellmate that he'll do the heist. And uh, we we get the uh, – they did it a couple of times where uh, Louise tells how the chain of events and how things happen. Mm-hmm. And he's talking through other people's mouths. And it was it was a cute little thing. It was, it was funny, but I'm like um, – I'm like Scott here where I'm like, can you just get to the fucking point? I really don't need – the whole breakdown here. Just tell me the essential story. Like, there's a guy, he has a safe. How, how hard was it just to say that, man? And he's on vacation. And he's on vacation, which is, you know, the important part. But it's fishy. Yeah. Especially the way he got the info. So-and-so told so-and-so who told so-and-so. And, like, I want to talk to that maid. Yeah. But here's the thing. He's on vacation this week, so you have to do it now. Yep. That also, that 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 urgency, that would make me step back. And Especially since how long did it take from he's going to be gone this week to uh, Scott agreeing? Actually getting the information and agreeing to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's a setup from the beginning. It has to be a setup. It's too fishy. Yeah. And why did he fall for it? 
Yeah, so the uh, the brain trust they uh, they plan this heist uh, and are surprised by as we were by how uh, acrobatic Scott is, mm-hmm. and, and then how knowledgeable he is about uh, safes and science. He science the fuck out of this. He science. MacGyvered. He did. He definitely MacGyvered. Um, I mean, I enjoy it. I enjoy watching it, but it's. We don't have anything that tells us that he should be able to do that. The lot faking a fingerprint scanner by with super glue. Now, um, the the super glue vapors. Yeah. Not just, you know, solid super glue, but that is a method of of picking up fingernail or fingerprints. And and maybe you show it just a little inaccurately on a, on a movie so that you don't teach a whole generation of people how to... We already know. Uh, now, all, those of us who care to know already know. And then he... Uh, yeah, he busts into the safe with water and, and cold. Yeah, I don't know about that one. I don't... I don't think that water expands... That much. that much because I was told that um, I could do that um, with shoes to stretch them out, and I tried it and it didn't really do anything. Like it doesn't. Hmm. Um. And after he gets in there, the only thing that's in there is a what do you say, a bicycle jacket and a helmet. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So we cut to cross. Shrinking lambs. I I could have done without this. This teaches us that Cross has no soul. Yeah, because it's not... I mean, you could do mice. People can usually forgive mice, right? Nobody likes mice. Yeah. Well, that's wrong. Some people do like mice. They're just... I don't like them. <laughs> um, and then we go back to Scott, who uh, took the suit home and is trying it on. Yeah. Well, I mean, why wouldn't you? It's a cool-ass looking motorcycle suit. And then he uh, he accidentally shrinks himself. How exactly are we shrinking ourselves? By pushing the shrink button. So, so the suit's doing the shrinking with no yeah. like special serum or. There's a vial of pin particles in the belt. Well, they didn't exactly explain what the holy fuck that was. He didn't drink them. No, and honestly, like, this science is so unscienceable that the less they tell you about how it works, the better. Well, you don't even need PIM particles. I don't understand. If all you're doing is shrinking the space between the atoms, a chemical isn't... I mean, it's annoying. They shouldn't have explained any of it. No. They shouldn't have given you any information. Just magic suit does magic. Yeah. It's so much easier just to be. It's like God. Like oh, I don't know how that miracle happened. God did it. Sure. Okay. We. I can let that go. Just magic. <laughs> they didn't just say science though. They said pim particles and reducing. Uh, the space between the atoms, which is science, which means when they go and fuck up, that's the first thing I see is, oh, you know, I don't know how strong Michael Douglas is, but I don't think he could pick up a goddamn tank. Yeah. 
I don't. I know that ants are really strong, but, but they're not ant carrying can't a man. Fly a human being? No. Yeah. Not unless it or was a human. Be in trouble. Oh Jesus! Can you imagine? Uh, not unless it was a human-sized ant to begin with, and he shrunk it down. <laughs> Why wasn't it a shrunken down horse? Because the telepathic communication with the ants, because in addition to having figured out how to shrink things, Hank yeah. is a bio... Ants, yeah, let's not talk about that. Ants do use pheromones to communicate, yeah. so I, I don't know how you would ever interpret which and how and whatever, but sure. Plus, in the original story in Tales to Astonish, the first time Hank Pym shrinks himself, he almost dies inside of an anthill. And so that's where he got the idea to start communicating with the ants. Jesus Christ. Whatever. Apparently men Plus shouldn't be allowed. Men shouldn't really be allowed to come up with science fiction stuff either. All the best science fiction is women. This one is a little uh, not science. <laughs> Definitely fiction. Um, so... Uh, Scott's all shrunk and almost dying several times. Hank Pym is talking to him through the helmet. Uh, he survives and decides to take the <laughs> suit back. Okay, but listen. Yeah. Um, okay, so he shrinks down and lands in the bathtub, right? Mm-hmm. So he gets out of the bathtub, lands on the floor, and busts the floor. Yeah. Which you wouldn't really bust the floor. I mean, whatever. Um, then he gets vacuumed up. And the woman isn't like, oh shit, why all of a sudden is my vacuum cleaner? Picking up 200 pounds? Yeah. Uh, encounters a mouse or rat, whatever. Lands on a fucking record player while it's playing. It still goes. And he gets bumped in the crotch with the uh, needle. And falls off of it. So, when he's little, he's weightless. Except he's not because he was... He broke the fucking floor. Broke the floor, yes. It's inconsistent at best. And, 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 and. If all you did was remove the space, which has no weight, between the atoms, you would weigh the same... Yeah. You would be more dense. Mm -hmm. Period. And if you shrunk down small enough, you wouldn't go subatomic. You would actually generate a singularity and start your own black hole. Well, I don't know about that, but sure. Yeah. You know, because infinite density and all. But we're going to... Pretend like that's not true. We're just going to pretend that the science isn't part of the equation and it's just magic shrinking and growing. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> because the, the the visual sequences being small and big and back and forth. Oh, like yeah, that, it looks good. They look great. Uh, they're cool. And that's apparently all that matters. Um, he gets arrested returning the suit. After returning the suit, um, and what luck he has, the wife's new boyfriend is the guy that's got him in jail. Yeah, strangely convenient. Yeah. 
But Hank Pym comes in pretending to be his lawyer and tells him he's at a crossroads and he's going to make a decision. Apparently you don't have to prove you're a lawyer when you go in. I've seen that a million times in TV shows and movies and stuff. Shouldn't you have to prove you're a lawyer? I mean, do you get a... You get a bar card. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, of course you have to have a way to prove you're... You spent hundreds of thousands of dollars becoming a lawyer. You had to become a member of the Bar Association. There better be an identification card. If you can represent yourself without being a lawyer, can you represent somebody else? No, actually? you cannot. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, now, my three times great uncle just decided he was going to be a lawyer. And back then, that was fine. But then they started the Bar Association, which had uh, regulatory uh, properties. And since then, you cannot do that. Um, which may or may not be good. I Everybody knows if you have yourself or a client or, or a lawyer. What is it? What is it? A lawyer. Who represents himself as a fool for a client? Yeah. Countryman between two lawyers is like a fish between two cats. A learned blockhead, a learned blockhead is a greater blockhead than an ignorant one. Okay. Um, yeah, so the, uh, the ants bring, uh, the suit to Scott and make it go big. Uh, and start a countdown. So he puts the suit on. So, like, ants are just doing things. Yeah, well, they at the behest of Hank Pym. Yeah, well, this is the first time we see ants just doing things. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? Um, and uh, Scott shrinks down so he can escape jail. Mm. Well, he thinks about it for a dang second. Yeah. He didn't just willy-nilly do it. <laughs> and this uh, this flying around and uh, this scene was all right. I reckon. When uh, in the comics, Hank, uh, the inconsistencies of whether how how much Hank weighs mm -hmm. is. Good dates all the way back to the 60s. In the comics, Hank would shrink himself down and then load himself onto a catapult and launch himself across town. Mm -hmm. But to make sure he landed softly, where he was going to land, a bunch of ants would come and they would catch him. Mm -mm. Now, number one. Nope. If he's still 200 pounds, he's not launching himself across town because he's small. And number two... Well, no. If he's small, he's not launching himself across town because you would need weight in order to be able to go any distance. Yeah. And number two, when that 200-pound man lands on a pile of ants... Discish. He's now killed his soldiers. But if he's gone all the way across town, the amount that force... Means that whether he's little or big, he's still squished. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Scott falls off the ant that's saving him, uh, passes out, and wakes up with uh, Hope staring at him. Uh, and she obviously doesn't want him there. No, because she's getting screwed. Not by him, but by her dad. Yeah. 
Uh, they're gonna waste three days or however many days. It was a long ass montage teaching this dude how to do things that she already knows how to do. Yeah. Because Hank doesn't want to risk her. Yeah, but he doesn't say that. Yeah, he doesn't. Uh they were, and it's a it's a dumb fear because you just let her do it and tell her what not to do so she doesn't end up where her mom is. Yeah. And if you tell her that's what happened to her mom, then she won't fucking do it. Yeah. Probably. Well, women are not that dumb, man. In general. I mean, letting people make their own choices for themselves is possibly an okay idea. Mm. Um, we get the exposition backstory about Pim and Cross and 40 Years of Secrets. Uh, and the, uh, the point of the story is that Hank wants Scott to help him steal the yellow jacket suit. So that Pim can't weaponize the technology. Legit enough. I don't think they needed the subterfuge. I think they could have just walked up to him and said, hey. Yeah. This is what's up. Yeah. If they'd walked up to me and said, this is what's up, I would have been like, fuck yeah. Let's not waste that whole week. (laughs) Um, We get uh, his daughter Cass telling uh, future uh, stepdaddy that she hopes he doesn't catch her daddy. Yeah, that was good. That kid is a cute, adorable little girl. Um, and then hope you don't catch him. Like she likes him, but you could see there's a little bit of there's like my daddy comes first loyalty going on there. Yeah, which is great. Cross gets the miniature miniaturization to work on organic matter, and if she doesn't die. Yeah, great. But now it's in like a thimble. Trapped. It's going to suffocate. Or starve to death. Yeah. I'm annoyed. It takes a lot less to feed it. Uh, Would it? No, it wouldn't. You would still need the exact same number of calories. Yeah, the science is not Non-existent. So they're talking back and forth and Scott Lang has a really good idea of how they should solve this problem. They call the fucking Avengers. Sure. Uh, I mean, it is their job. However. But Hank Pym says that this isn't cute technology like the Iron Man suit. Yeah. It's not some cute tech like the Iron Man suit. Here's the thing. Uh, here's another really good reason that he didn't bring up that should have brought up because if Iron Man knew this in, uh, existed, then he'd steal it. Yeah. And we would be back in this. Then we'd be fighting Iron Man. Yeah. It's a hell of a lot easier just to fight this bald headed ninny. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because, because he has, he will have had less training than Scott. Yeah. Like he, he doesn't know how to, uh, finesse the suit. He hadn't been practicing. He just jumped right into it. No, Tony... So they have an advantage currently. Tony definitely is not a person I would give new th- new toys to at no. the moment. Not he, if you want temperance. He did almost just destroy the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's not like there's a shield you can call because they're scattered too. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, These guys aren't, Prim's not going to be, 
or Pim, sorry, is not going to be um, privy to what's going on behind the scenes for S.H.I.E.L.D. So, as far as they know, they're gone. Okay. Well, we have a legitimate reason to be going on this ice then. Yep. Um, Hope again tries to get Dad to, to give her the suit, and he is a damn near mean telling her no. Uh, so he, he does talk Hank into doing the job. Or, uh, Scott into doing the job. Uh, so we get that training montage. Um, important tidbits from the training montage. Uh, Hope can kick Scott's ass. Mm-hmm. She also knows the Black Widow vagina move. Mm-hmm. Um, which he uses later. I thought yeah. that was cool. Yeah, it feels like that. That just feels like that would be a very uncomfortable move. <laughs> um, we learned that you don't mess with the uh, regulator, or you'll go subatomic. Yeah, it's a big no-no. Yeah, he really should have stressed that more. What str- what subatomic means? Yeah, but, but although he didn't really know what it means, just that it's not good. I guess. Sure. If you go far enough down, there's a world down there that the Fantastic Four visit every once in a while with the Micronauts. It's pretty cool. Whatever. Um, we also learn, uh, we meet the different types of ants at uh, Hank and Scott's, well, and Hope's disposal. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, they're planning the heist. So, like, I don't know. Dude had gave them, like, two days before he was going to give this technology to Hydra. Yeah. So they packed a whole lot into two days. Yeah, I call bullshit on it, but whatever. Maybe time works differently when you're small. No, it really doesn't. Time is a made-up concept, so it's the same everywhere. Oh. Um, I do know that Hank can't shrink anymore because if he shrinks again, he's probably going to die. Why? Because he's shrunk and grown so many times. So? It did something to his biochemistry, and he it, it would be very dangerous. They, he didn't explain that. He just said no. he couldn't. Yeah. He, they, it was not explained. There was a while where they the doctor told him he couldn't grow into Goliath anymore because that would be the, the death of him. What, because his atoms are tired? That yeah, sounds stupid. Like that. Sure. It really does. It sounds stupid. It sounds like we got to put limitations on these characters because they're getting too powerful. Sure. And maybe bring in some new blood. Yeah, sure. Hey, Picard, you can't transport anymore because your your atoms are tired of falling apart and coming back together again. No more going over warp three because you're killing subspace. Where was I? Okay, so um, we do see that Hope is definitely more prepared for the mission. Yeah. She gets pissed off. Um and Scott follows her out to the car, and they they actually talk to each other. This is funny, though, because he's like, she's like, uh, she reacts badly to him jumping into her car, and he, he goes, you should lock your doors. <laughs> um, and after they do just a little bit of bonding, she starts helping him um, to control the ants and... <sighs> be able to pull off this heist. Yeah. Uh, and then we learn why Dad is so adamant that Hope not put on the suit. We find out that Janet Van Dyne, the Wasp, went subatomic and never came back. Yeah. 
and he's not been able to. You'd think he would just go subatomic and go look for her. I think he's. He's assumed it. That means she's dead. Yeah, I, he doesn't. He doesn't know how to find her. Yeah. And you got to figure subatomic. It's got to be a really big place, right? <laughs> I mean, relatively. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Vast. Yeah. Um, Almost infinite. Yeah. So Scott can do this because he's expendable. Hope is not. Um, so for his final test of his powers, because they've got nothing but time, they send Hank to, or they send Scott to an old Stark warehouse to pick up some technology. Mm -hmm. That old Stark warehouse is the warehouse that has been turned into the new Avengers training facility. Mm-hmm. A little bit of Googling would have been a good idea. Well, I mean, probably not Googleable where the Avengers training facilities are. They have a giant A on the top, babe. I don't think they're hiding it. I'm reasonably certain that uh, Tony Stark has that A blurred out on the satellite photography. Honey, anybody that flies over it in an airplane knows that's where they're at. Anybody that flies over it in a helicopter knows that's where it's at. Yeah, good point. I'm just saying. Flight paths are diverted. No, they're not. Because oh. then there's a certain number of people that know something special is there. It's like Area 51. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's more like Area 52, which nobody talks about. And if you look at Area 51 on the satellite feeds, there's the buildings. It's not <laughs> hidden. Um, but so... Neither is Quantico, by the way. You can just look. Yeah. I watched you drive in there. <laughs> I was living vicariously through your satellite image. Scott goes into this you new know, Avengers mansion. Uh, he lands on the roof, and immediately the Falcon shows up. Okay, but it's not a mansion. No, no, no I'm sorry. Did I say mansion? Mm -hmm. uh, this training facility. Warehouse. Warehouse, yeah. Um, and Falcon doesn't see anybody uh, until he starts using his... Magic goggles. Magic zooming lenses. Uh, and then they fight. Because... Because his, his glasses make him see like a falcon, see? Yeah. <laughs> um, Ant-Man and the Falcon fight, and Ant-Man wins. Mm -hmm. Can I just take this opportunity uh, to talk about the uh, female gaze? Sure. Just real quick, because um, it occurred to me while I was watching this movie, Paul Rudd probably, except for Sean, or not, no, no, sorry, except for uh, Patrick Stewart, Paul Rudd is the most attractive superhero, in quotation marks, in the MCU. Okay. Period. Now, I was a little bit annoyed because when he took his shirt off, he was like, he, the dude for real worked out hardcore for this. I don't know why, it, because the only time we see his musculature is when he takes his shirt off and Evangeline Lilly starts going, ew, nice. He didn't need that at all. Between his, you know, his looks and his personality, most attractive dude in the MCU. Okay. Now, Patrick Stewart, we're talking looks and intelligence, but that's a different kind of attractive. Like, I would marry Paul Rudd, but I would lust after Patrick Stewart. Okay. 
I mean, I'd marry Patrick Stewart too, honestly. I, you know, either one. And you'd kill Cap. So now we've got the. Oh, kill Cap, kill Thor, <laughs> kill Loki. <laughs> yes, Rose. I said kill Loki. I don't care if he looks really good when he's kneeling on the floor with his eyes turned down. It's not that attractive when men are submissive. I don't like it. I don't care what you say. <laughs> Yeah, so Ant-Man kicks Falcon's ass, steals the tech, and gets out of there. Yeah, but we don't see him steal the tech. How did he know where it was? How was it even still there? I Yeah, I don't know. I guess they didn't clean out that closet when they were of course, repurposing Of course, Tony did not clean the closet out before <laughs> they moved. He's not doing all that <laughs> manual labor. Um, so Cross... Uh, Catches wind that something is uh, is up and decides to increase security. Uh, oh, well, because he he went to go. Well, actually, he busted in. He didn't, like, knock on the door politely, wait for a dude. He was just in the front room. Well, you got to lock your doors, Hank. Right? Do you think he would? Um, the plans for the building are right there on the table. And I think it was an ant they sent in to go roll the plans up. So due to Scott concern. shrunk and took. Oh, care was it? Yeah. Um, they snuck around to go take care of the plans so dude wouldn't see him. But um, but him was acting odd, and that that made him think something was up. Um, I really just don't like that guy. It's another it's another dude who's ass sore because his mentor didn't love him. Yeah. And why are men so fucking delicate that they're willing to murder everyone on the planet because someone didn't give them enough attention? It really is the saddest thing. But because of this increased security, they're going to need a little more help. And so... Be more inventive. Scott brings in the brain trust. Well, it's because they wanted to have that cool scene. Yeah. Um, And this is why this movie was... So expensive. <laughs> they wanted to have that cool scene, but they had to have a reason for them to do it a harder way. So, sure. Yeah. And uh, after they get everybody caught up and, and uh, I guess, tranquilized, <laughs> she, she said she gave him half a Xanax each, and Dad started talking to him, and it knocked out the brain trust. Mm, well, you know. Um. Scott goes to visit his daughter on the eve of battle, which... Battle? You're funny. I mean... Yeah. It's a heist. Ocean's Eleven. He might he might die, and so he went to say goodbye to his kid before he went to do something that could either kill him or put him in jail for the rest of his life. Maybe. I think that was a really, uh, a really good decision. Yeah, but that was just for him, not for her. Yeah, he didn't wake her up or anything. He just he wanted to see her one last time. Yeah. In case it was the last time. It's a little weird. A little Edwardy. I liked it. It's because you're a girl dad. Um, so then they start breaking into the facility. Um, Scott has to ride in through the water main. Yeah, but they have to reduce the water pressure. Yeah. Like practically down to zero. So Louise uh, gets to knock out the boss of security. <laughs> that was funny. He's like, oh, the boss man told me to um, secure the area, so I, I am. 
He's like, um, I am the boss man. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And uh, stepdad, or future stepdad, shows up and tries to arrest Hank for helping Scott escape from jail. And so their wheel man steals the cop car. But they don't have any proof. He, they don't even know what happened. They're not, like, at least... These are not cops. These are ACAB because they they bust into the van with no warrant and no probable cause. All they heard was a horn going off. Yeah. Which, I mean, is not proof of anything and it's not suspicious. Um. Yeah, these guys are real winners. A cab, DiMaggio. <laughs> um, but the stealing of the cop car is enough to uh, now get so funny. inside. <laughs> and um, this is where we find out that uh, Cross is selling this technology to Hydra. Yeah. But they're not who they used to be. Whatever. Nazi is a Nazi forever. <laughs> Um, Scott almost dies trying to dive into the yellow jacket chamber. Uh, well, uh, no, he didn't. If dude hadn't hit that button at the second he did, it wouldn't have turned off the laser grid and Scott would have been vaporized. Yeah, but, I mean, he didn't almost die. It happened. He didn't get zapped or anything. It was. He didn't even lose a toe. There was a split second. It was a it was a close call. The way you made it sound was like he got injured or something. It was just a close call. Okay. He a near gets, miss. He nearly gets vaporized. He doesn't though. Um But did you die? No. But it doesn't do any good anyway, because as he's landing in the chamber, dude's pulling the suit out of it. Yeah, the chamber's like a freaking fishbowl, and now he's trapped. And now he's trapped. So then they uh, they threaten to kill Hank, and Hope attacks, uh, punching people and, and holding her room. Uh, and then Scott escapes from the chamber and starts fighting. Uh, yeah, because conveniently they gave him something that would break the glass. Yeah. Um, Scott, uh, the the Hydra ass face steals the vial of particles. Which we still don't know what they do. Um, that will the particles make the shrinking and growing possible. Yeah. Um, and Scott goes after Cross, who's got the suit, the, the yellow jacket suit, while uh, Hank and Hope use the tank that uh, Hank has been carrying around on his keychain mm-hmm. to escape from the building. And the seams on his pockets are bursting. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever been in contact with the tank, but it's pretty heavy. I've been inside of a tank. Also, when they drove out of the fourth-story window in that tank, which those I, I floors like weren't going to support the weight of the tank after it grew. Or before it grew. But anyway, uh, I feel like the tank would have gone nose first and just sat there. Yeah. On its nose. Yeah. It would have been. I mean, they and didn't it drive on its, off in it. Yeah. So. If, it, if it landed on its tracks... It seems like the tracks, it's not like those things are 
they're not really meant for that. No. It feels, seems like they would have popped off. No. He, you know, he honestly should have had a helicopter in his pocket. Yeah, but he might have broken the... Helicopters are delicate, man. <laughs> um, so, Scott's chasing after the helicopter with Cross in it, and uh, they start shooting at him, and poor Anthony gets shot. <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> I like it. Scott and uh, Cross start fighting a little bit until the factory implodes. And while Scott is distracted, Cross puts on the yellow jacket suit. Um, and then this is where we get uh, the first half of the boss fight. Um, it's graphically pleasing. Lots of shrinking and growing and lasers. And yeah, honestly, I, I quit paying attention because... Who can see all that when it's going so fast? It's graphically pleasing. I get bored. During the fight scenes, I get bored. That's I started doodling. And it uh, ends with Yellow Jacket hitting a bug zapper. That shit was funny as fuck. Um, that should have killed him. Yeah. Except that he's just a man in the suit, so it wouldn't kill him because it's not electricity. Sure. Yep. Depends on where you are in the science. And then round about this time, uh, future stepdad shows up and tases Scott and they haul him off. Uh, but as they're hauling him off, they get a call that uh, there's something bad happening at uh, the ex-wife's house. Yeah, that was awfully fast. I'm sure it took them a while to drag him to the car and put some cuffs on him and whatnot. I don't know. It, it was awfully fast. Yeah. Turns out Yellow Jacket's not dead. I'm shocked. Scott puts the helmet back on, shrinks himself down, and goes in to save his kid. And we resume the boss fight. And lots more of the size and sick ale gimmicky coolness. Uh, which just wrecks the science of the whole thing. Yeah, but it was funny because they were on a Thomas the uh, Tank Engine train going around and around in circles. So when they're when we're focused on the little stuff, it sounds and looks like a big fight, but then they, they pull out and the little girl's watching this tiny little fight and all the music gets real quiet and it's like nothing's happening. Yeah. Like if ants were in the corner fighting, you would never know about it. <laughs> it was hilarious. And then the moment where he thinks he's going to get run over by a train, he's like, oh, no. And then it derails because it hits him. It's fucking hilarious. It's hilarious, except earlier he was on top of it and didn't crush it with his man-sized weight. Yep. So, god damn the inconsistencies. Yeah, it's really annoying. I I need the consistency. It it would not have been that hard to make it cool. Yeah. Or, or... You just say that the weight is different. Everybody will be like, that's dumb. It shouldn't be that way. But you say that's what the rule is. If you make the rules and then you stick to them, it's easier to believe. But when you break your own rules intermittently, 
Yeah, and all you have to do is say something like the laws of physics change as you shrink and grow so you can build up more force in your punch, and then boom, it solves. Or whatever. Because they really they really need him to be able to like punch hard as he's... Yeah, otherwise he's nothing. Yeah. Otherwise you're just using the small size to get into places, which also would be perfectly fine. If he becomes small and he has the same density as the ants and the same strength as the ants, that would be fine. Yeah. Um, and then he has to go big to do punching. But when they're both small, the punching is relative uh, to their size. So it would still knock the guy out. It really wouldn't be that hard to do it in a way that was believable. Yeah. They just knew that their audience was a bunch of dudes who don't think. That's why all of their special effects, they don't have to think about too fucking hard. Well, they just go for what looks cool. Yeah. And, I mean, that's the majority of what their audience is into, clearly, because they're making gajillions of dollars. So it, It's just super annoying to me as all. Well. This is where future stepdad um, wins some points. Because he charges into the house and stands up to the scary guy with the no. laser beams on his shoulders. No. He busts in and runs screaming from the ant. Well, yes, the ant scares him. But when he finally gets upstairs, he uh, he confronts Yellow Jacket. He's like, get the hell away from, from my kid. Hmm. And it was... There was a bravery there that didn't have to happen. Sure. Except that if he didn't do that, his girlfriend wasn't going to fucking marry him, and he knew it. <laughs> so, I mean, how brave was it, really? Peer pressure. I hear girlfriend pressure is the worst. <laughs> um, Ant-Man goes to, uh, or Scott goes to, to stop the, the yellow jacket suit, turns out it's it's titanium, you dumbass. And so he can't just... Ooh, like super dense titanium that shrunk would be like, holy shit, material. Yeah. Think about... See, here's a good app, like building application. If you take something like titanium and shrink it down so that you have to use infinitely more of the material to build something, how much stronger... Would like, I don't know, the gun or the car or whatever you're building be. Yeah. It, I mean, that would be an incredible uh, application that is not destructive. <laughs> um, so, hey, Scott ends up having to go subatomic to uh, destroy the. I feel like there was a better way. Yeah, apparently, like titanium is their kryptonite, and they can't, they can't break it. All the other things they can, they can science away, but titanium is it. Well, I mean, he also had a face. Yeah. You just attack his face. I don't know. Um, Whatever. He goes subatomic. He destroys the the wiring inside of the. Um, the yellow jacket suit, and then he just keeps shrinking. And he gets... Because he took the regulator off. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of the graphics as he was shrinking infinitely were kind of cool. Star Trek did it better. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then when he 
he realizes that he's probably going to shrink forever, and he pulls another regulator out of the pouch and slaps it in there, and then grows again. Whatever. Sure. I mean, why wouldn't he just have the regulator be able to turn on and off? I don't know. That's, I mean, after the first accident, you do that. That's the thing you do. Yeah. So he comes back to normal size, uh, has a touching moment with his daughter, uh, gets uh, yelled at about the hole in the roof, and then I guess he shrinks and slips away. Yeah, um, his daughter is calling back from the subatomic, whatever. Yeah. It, apparently, going subatomic made him start to be unconscious or something. I don't know. Traumatic, maybe? Sure. And he can hear her calling him? I mean, if anything was going to get you to snap back to reality, it's your baby yelling for help, right? Sure. Um, I mean, that works for me. Um, so then we get a scene where Hank and Hope are grilling, uh, Scott about what was in subatomic world. Subatomic shit. (laughs) Uh, and he doesn't seem to have any of the answers they want. No, because it was like sparkles, (laughs) kaleidoscope, woo-woos. So then Hope shows Scott to the door, uh, and... Uh, they hide behind the door and smooch, and Dad catches them. They didn't hide behind the door. They left <laughs> and shut the door behind them, and then they were smooching. And this was this was kind of adorable. Dad's like, if if this is what's going on, just go ahead and shoot me now, mm. again, again. <laughs> and Scott's Relatable. Like, Scott's like, yeah, Hope. Why would you kiss me? It's totally inappropriate right now. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Uh, but Scott has to get to dinner with his family, uh, with his daughter and ex-wife. And uh, stepdad cop dude seems to be coming around to treating Scott like a human being because he makes it seem like yeah, Scott the cop arms that just released. because you had to go to jail doesn't mean you're an evil person. Yeah. Whoa. Character arc. And then we meet back up with uh, Luis. Okay. We meet back up with Luis, who's explaining how uh, Falcon is looking for Ant-Man. To eat him? Do Falcons eat ants? I don't know. Probably not. Uh, but Birds st- eat worms. But Stanley is in this last... Uh, <laughs> like, wait until the last damn second. Yeah. And not even much of a cameo. He just happens to be one of the guys in the chain. No, it's the same. It's the same kind of cameo he always does. He smells the words "super fine," "stupid fine," "stupid fine check." <laughs> I mean, it's the same. He always gets like one line or something funny or yeah. Uh, but Falcon is definitely looking for Scott. Yeah. Um, and that's the movie. We get an after credit scene uh, where uh, Hank gives his daughter uh, the wasp suit. It's about damn time. 
interestingly enough, that wasp suit is inaccurate to the comics also. Well, I mean, I'm shocked. Uh, the wings are not part of the suit. The wings are some bioorganic thing that Hank did to Janet. <sighs> that They only pop up when she's shrunk. And then they... That is stupid. Oh, yeah. Totally. Uh, and then an after-after-credit scene uh, where we have Falcon and Cap who have found Bucky, and they need well, help. Well, I mean, they haven't found Bucky. They they had Bucky in the movie, oh, the last okay. movie. Remember the end? Okay. <laughs> I remember something you didn't. Um, but they're trying to, I don't know if they're, they're trying to get him to talk or he has talked and there's something they need help with. I don't know. This is. Uh, it was extremely big. Yeah, it's a call forward to a future movie. Um, where they're going to need Ant-Man's help. Yeah, but here's the thing. They should have, the Avengers should have shown up on Scott's door after the raid because you do not want a guy with that kind of tech not on your team. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, dude, you know, no big deal that you took this. Uh, we understand that there was some thing going down you need help with. We're here to help if you're still working on it. And if not, uh, why don't you come be on our team? We'll see that scene again during Civil War. Oh, oh, my favorite of all the movies, <laughs> the Civil War with three people. <laughs> <sighs> and that's uh, that's the movie. Yep. Beginning, middle, and end. Done. So what was your favorite part? My favorite part? I don't know. Uh, you know, while I'm taking all these notes, I forget to enjoy the movie and uh, have a favorite part. Um, you know what? Actually, my favorite part has to be all the MacGyvering stuff during the heist. I like heisty things. I like MacGyvery things. Sure. Um, and there's something very exciting about being able to take a couple of things from around a room and and make them do something that like this is just a normal uh, box of baking soda. But if you add it to this, this and this, it blows the wall up. <laughs> I don't know why. You know, I grew up on MacGyver, so it just makes me excited. Mission Impossible and stuff like that. So that was my favorite part. But, you know, the humor of this movie was a better humor than the other Funnies in the other movies, um, and uh, Luis and his his storytelling and getting excited was cute. Um, I don't enjoy that these two are that Hope and Scott are going to get together because why can't dudes and chicks just be in the same room with each other without like, sure. sticking their tongues down each other's throats? Um, I'm sure that him loving her is going to come into play in the next movie. Well, because you need Ant-Man and the Wasp. There you can have them. They don't have to fuck. The problem is that Ant-Man and the Wasp, the team that were they're, boyfriend and girlfriend. They're genetically incompatible. Are, so. Hank, are Hank Pym and... Not his Ant daughter. But I've told you already. Yeah. They have established a past. Sure. They have established these are... New iterations. Ant-Man, not just new iterations. This is Ant-Man and Wasp Girl Part 2. Okay. It's not a remake. It's Part 2. So calm down. 
So calm down. That's calm. I don't feel like you're calm. I feel like you're trying to make, like, gross stuff happen and you need to quit. No, I'm definitely not trying to make gross stuff happen. Well, you're, but you've got it in your head, so stop. Um. No, Janet Van Dyne, the woman who. Yes, I know, but you don't. But you don't have to. You don't have to call attention to it here because Ant Man and the Wasp are not the two that were them in the sixties. It's not the same. Okay. Stop it. It's Ant Man. Anyway, worst part of the movie. The science. The. Uh, well, I mean, that, that's a given. The science. Besides the science. Besides the science. Because um, that's too easy. I think the 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 step daddy cop guy, um, the way he was bumbling and ineffectual. No, I think that was completely accurate. I think that was completely accurate to to cops. I'm just tired of that. Oh, cops being idiots? So is everybody else. uh, Tired. We must now place this on the list. Oh, no. This won't be easy. No, it won't. Because... Um, this goes... Well... Does it? Mm. It goes above Thor. Yeah. Mm. Below Days of Future Past? I will see, and I was trying to decide if it was more rewatchable than the Norton Hulk. Yeah, that's my next question. I'm tired of Hulk. Pretty good. I wouldn't. I'm not watching that again for a very, 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 very long time. On a, you know, I would put it above Captain America if I'm really, like, just rewatchability. I'm putting it above Captain America, just for personal taste. Because I like The Punisher, but I'm not. I'm probably not rewatching that too soon. Like if Rose came home and said, "Okay, let's watch The Punisher together," I'd be like, "Yes, yes, let's do that now." But just for funsies, I'm probably not. But also, if you're looking at that, then I would definitely be watching Ghost Rider by myself, perfectly fine, like tomorrow. <laughs> so, uh, my vote is probably below Iron Man 2. But above Captain America, because I just hate him. Which one was Iron Man 2? Because I feel like it's time to break them up. Not fair. <sighs> Oh, Iron Man Two is the one with the dude with the electric whips. Oh, I don't, um, I don't like that one. No, I don't like that one either. Let's put it between the original Iron Man and Iron Man Two. I think the original Iron Man is a better origin story than this is. Mm. Well, I it, that depends because. I also think that if we're if we're judging if we're if we're ranking heroes, I think Ant Man is better than Iron Man because Ant Man is a good guy from the beginning. He does a thing that's illegal but is not bad. Yeah. It's illegal. But legality doesn't have anything to do with morality. And Iron Man I think everybody has to admit um, that Iron Man at the beginning of the movie is a skadoosh. Yeah. 
and we don't like him, and he's not a good guy. And he stays a little bit sleazy. I mean, just because he's only sleazy with one girl doesn't make him not sleazy. Because he does flirt pretty hardcore with uh, Black Widow, and it's uncomfortable. I'm not putting it above Iron Man 3. I think Iron Man 3 is a great movie okay. beyond just being... Sure. But, so but you said this is better than... I didn't say the movie was better than Iron Man. I said it was a better origin story because you're the one that brought that up. I like, but because I, you know, better hero. He's kind of, uh, I mean, if you're going to pick a guy to do super serum, I would give it to Ant-Man before I'd give it to Iron Man. Yeah. Right? Ooh, can you imagine if you gave uh, Ant-Man the super serum and he was Ant-Man with Captain America's uh, strength? Yeah. Okay, so so what are you saying? Between Iron Man 1 and 2 or between Iron Man 1 and 3? Well, I mean, if you're just basing it on I'm, I'm, quality of... We're basing it on everything. I don't know, because there's, like, multiple categories. Like, oh, are we doing overall or are we yes. nitpicking? Well, overall, I think I think Iron Man's a better movie. I think so, too. I think... So between Iron Man and Iron Man 2. Yeah. All right. Yeah, which puts it at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's still in the top ten. It's yeah. number eight of uh, thirty-seven. Yeah. Um, I saw an informal poll in the one of the Marvel groups. They were picking which uh, Mary Jane, or which uh, not Mary Jane, but which um, no, yeah, which Mary Jane. Everybody liked better. Which one do you think they picked? Which Mary Jane they like better? Yeah. It's got to be the new one. No? The last time I looked at the at the survey, uh, it was Emma Stone. So Gwen Stacy is a better Mary Jane than either of the two Mary Janes. Apparently. I think you phrased that poll incorrectly. Well, which... Okay, yes. Uh, because I don't think a Gwen Stacy is... It's Spider-Man and then Mary Jane. This Gwen Stacy thing is a new concept to me. I see. Which Spider-Man girlfriend do you like better? It's two Mary Janes and one Gwen Stacy. So it's daggum confusing. Yeah. And Emma Stone was winning. I don't know why. If they find Emma Stone more attractive, or if they just find Zendaya too young to find attractive, which in this crowd, I doubt that's a factor. Um, or, or if they just like her spunkiness. I don't know. But I, I was... Uh, appreciating that the person I would pick was winning. I didn't vote because I didn't want to skew uh, the results any in my favor. But all right, all right. <sighs> okay, so uh, I, I guess we're watching. Uh, we're still we're working on that TV show for yeah. next week. Daredevil. That's the um, that's the goal. That's the goal. So what we should probably do. Uh. Is we should want or we should um, we should open a couple of boxes. Like if we do living room boxes, we can both open a box. We can both do boxes at the same time. We don't have to put anything away because we're just going to make a pile. I don't know why we're recording this conversation. It's whatever. Anyway, what we should do is open a couple of boxes and then start doing the show and just like power through. 
because I'm going to be busy okay. all week. Yeah. Um, and tired and grumpy. And you don't want me to watch this stuff grumpy. No. It will absolutely skew my opinions. Yeah. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. All right. Yeah. So. I've been hanging out with Rose too much. I'm starting to feel a little like her little uh, impulses that she doesn't control. Rot row. All right, so almost certainly Daredevil next week. <laughs> okay, we're going to commit. Absolutely Daredevil. We're going to work on it today. Okay. Open boxes, watch TV. It's fine because I just want to be able to say that we've at least opened a box every day. Yeah, okay. And um, just just a heads up, S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 3 is coming up in a couple of weeks. This is so much TV. So, this, this I feel, was a mistake on your part. Possibly. Uh, and that's going to be another 22-episode season. See, that's, so, a, that's, that's a problem. A lot. So if you're watching along, uh, you may look forward to starting that also. Yeah, I feel like we should have had these be extra episodes we, maybe we should, maybe we should have the movies be the every week, and then the TV shows are are the extra, or something. I don't no, but know. But they tie in like a lot. Well, of, that's fair. I don't. Yeah, it's, it's just a lot. Part of the universe. It'll be okay. Yeah. I, mm, okay. All right. Well, um, are you liking Daredevil so far? Yes, yeah, so far. Can I be honest? You're not. I don't even remember what episode we watched last. <laughs> yeah, but we, my brain has, I feel like all this physical activity is melting brain cells. Okay, well, don't melt your brain cells. Watch TV instead. <laughs> and join us next week. For Marvel Movie Night. <laughs>